Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Happy birthday, Jason. Yay. Yay. <laughs> you seem much more enthusiastic on Twitter about your birthday. Yeah, it's just I'm tired. I'm very, very tired. It's been a, it's been a rough week. Hey, I'm 51. I don't care. I made it. Still kicking. What are you going to do? Okay. Do a podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's do a podcast. <laughs> um, uh, I sent you a t- I did send you a text this week that I thought was pretty interesting. Um, I got an email from Goodreads saying, mm-hmm. we are happy to confirm that we have completed your data request. Your data will be, be available to download for the next 90 days. And it says, this is the response to your DSAR request on June 22nd, 2022. And I got the the reply on July 30th, July 30th. Goodreads, owned by Amazon, not not an unfunded company. And I told you I was not surprised by this. In fact, I thought that was a rather quick turnaround, given the fact that, uh, that it does not behoove them to give you this data because it's the first step to deleting your account and nobody wants that. So this is not something that uh, companies really want to do and probably goes down to like some intern. Do you think that Goodreads has interns? Seriously? I'm sure that there's some bookish young woman who is very excited with this job. Is she is she in search of a, a dashing older professor to whip, whip, like whisk her off her feet? And well, those are her favorite her books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's a Daniel Suarez fan. She's in luck. I just, uh, I, I mean, I know Goodreads had a, has a, and still has a very uh, fervent following of people that uh, that are into it. I, I dipped my toes into it as well for a little bit and thought it was kind of cool, but the upkeep was just too much, and I gave up. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a link in the show notes if anybody wants to follow me on Goodreads. Uh, the the bots still turn me on when like I start to read a book. Can't quite figure out how to say I finished a book. It seems, but uh, <laughs> so I am currently reading about 327 books, but. Uh, just look for the latest one. Right. I, I put this in the show notes because it's been just, like I said, a, a fucked up week. I, I have a case of tennis elbow mm-hmm. that I've had for like six months. Uh, one of those side side effects of the stroke. Right. And I am I am doing one of these reach outs to the, the audience, all seven of you. Uh, if anybody has any good advice for tennis elbow to fix it without surgery, please drop me a note, j at jpd.me. And... Uh, that's that's a, that's about it. I'm just I'm at my wits end. My doctors suck, and uh, I'm looking for I'm, I'm reaching out to the Doctor Oz's of our audience. Oh, <laughs> great! Out. That'll go well. I know. Uh, little I know. little inside uh, joke for the tennis aficionados out there. Uh, this will probably upset you. I wonder if they're going to rename it to pickleball elbow. What? what? <sighs> the tennis people are laughing. Actually, they're I probably know. angry. Okay. They're probably very angry. Yes, yeah. I know. I, I, I actually saw people playing pickleball the other day while walking through High Park here in Toronto. It, it actually looks quite a bit of fun. Not it lie. is fun. It <laughs> yeah. is fun. I don't know. Much more fun than tennis. It was certainly tennis easier. Tennis sucks, man. Yeah. Start some pickleball action. Yeah. And uh, I threw this one in our show notes because, you know, we have our, our enduring joke of eggs are good, eggs are bad. And I just wanted to point out that now, according to uh, science, rain is bad. Rain? Blame it on... We can... Wait, Brian, we, we can blame it we on the can. rain? We can. Blame it on the rain that was falling, falling. Blame it on the rain. Yeah, yeah. 
I'll, I should have somebody else read this article for me. Little I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the old oh, people God. get that one. Yeah. 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 The old get that one. <laughs> no. So this is uh, forever chemicals, more scientifically known as uh, per and polyfluoroalkyl substances or PFAS. We've talked about these before. Uh, these are these are basically these chemicals that just don't degrade ever and they're bad mm -hmm. for us. And uh, they have now been found in rainwater everywhere, including Earth's most remote locations. So basically, according to the latest U.S. guidelines for uh, PFAS in drinking water, rainwater everywhere on the entire planet is judged unsafe to drink. Winning. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're done soon. Right? It's been a good run. Like, it's been I a good mean, run. The funny thing is, like, this article is just kind of presented as, eh, yeah, you know, we most people filter uh, their water in the industrial world. We don't drink rainwater, but uh, many people around the world expect it to be safe and drink it, and it supplies many of our drinking water sources. And, uh, oh, big collective shrug. I would just like yeah, to reiterate, yeah. you cannot drink water that falls from the sky anywhere on the planet anymore. That's fucked up. <laughs> I, I, honestly, we should probably just end the show there. Like, we're done. My God, if we didn't have advertisers, I would. It's my birthday, after all. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jason. Water's undrinkable. Thanks. Yeah. In the news. Brian, uh, Twitter is on a, on a rampage now. They're going mm -hmm. after everybody that Elon Musk ever knew, like his his uh, all the baby know, his kindergarten mamas. friends, you know. Yeah, all the baby mamas. <laughs> we're gonna have a we're gonna have discovery of about seventeen new children next week. Okay, uh, what they say in what they say in Fight Club? Fucker setting up franchises. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, this is good. And as far as I'm concerned, this is good because to me, it is actually imperative that Elon Musk lose this lawsuit. That may not be great yes. for my Tesla shareholding, but uh, again, as we've talked about since this came up, this is a lawsuit that basically says, do contracts matter? Do we have a social contract or not? And I would like to believe we live in a world where we do. Otherwise, blame it on the rain. Everything's meaningless. I was going to say, you just told us that we can't even trust rain anymore and you want the <laughs> legal system to actually work? You're oh, we can trust rain. We can trust rain, Jason. We can trust, trust to rain kill to you. kill us. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah. Lovely. So, uh, yeah, Twitter is uh, they're subpoenaing basically all of his friends and anybody that might have had a chat with him about this. Uh, so, of course, Mark Andreessen is in there. Jason yeah. Calacanis, surprisingly. Yeah. Um, a lot of people in here and some people who are just like pissed off be just because they know him. They're, they're saying they're getting dragged into it. But, hey, you know. Dance with the devil, baby. <laughs> I, I wonder if Elon happens to be in that Elon, or not, if Elon Musk happens to be in the Alex Jones uh, phone dump that was accidentally delivered. <laughs> I was watching the trial live when that happened. Uh -huh. My jaw hit the floor. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Can you say that again slowly, please? <laughs> now, I have accidentally emailed some things to people before. Uh, oh, yeah. That that yeah. was slightly embarrassing or, or not good, but nothing quite like that. And I am not a lawyer. No. Um, Couldn't have happened to a bigger asshole, though. I'm just, yeah, I mean, you talk about, we have conspiracy theory guy on trial, but, and then this happened. How many conspiracy theories have been born in like, you know, just the past 24 hours or 36 hours since that happened? Because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I told my roommate she had she had no idea. She doesn't even know who Alex Jones is. And I was just telling her about what happened. And she's like, oh, they, they got paid. 
they totally got paid. I'm like, you don't think that maybe they were just sick of their asshole client? He's like, no, no, somebody paid them. <laughs> like, uh, some of the best it, takes on Twitter were like, uh, and we'll get to this when we get to security, but it was like, seems like Alex Jones is the only person in the world that hasn't lost all of his tweets. <laughs> <laughs> or all of his uh, texts, sorry. My yeah, bad. yeah, I got it. I, <laughs> I understood. Yep. Oh, man. No. All right. Like, so uh, I, I was uh, thinking that because we do try to avoid crypto in the news, but it's just so everywhere now that we can't avoid it that I thought we should rename the segment to uh, This Week in Grift instead of In the News. It's a perfect title. So, yes. Yep. Take, us, take it away, Jason. You start. Okay. Over at Bloomberg, they have a great article called The Disastrous Record of Celebrity Crypto Endorsements. <laughs> and, you know, basically it's just a list of everybody, every celebrity ever in the past three years who has gotten on board. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if Jason Bourne will recover from, you know, his, his oh, ad, nobody but. cares for celebrities. Nobody cares. Another Bourne movie comes out. Nobody's going to go, oh, wasn't that guy that did the stupid crypto commercial with all the crappy, uh, the 3d graphics. No, they're not. That's true. Care. I would just rather have another Bourne movie personally. The, the <laughs> smart celebrities got paid in cold, hard cash rather than the coins that they were endorsing. So yeah, ain't hurting them that much. It, here's the deal. If, if a celebrity endorses crypto or a non-celebrity endorses crypto don't buy it it's a scam yeah. are you Move sure on. about that because i'm about to read about 17 articles that uh oh wait say that they're scams never mind okay the <laughs> yeah, sec next, <laughs> the sec has charged 11 people who allegedly set up and promoted forsage which is said was a crypto ponzi scheme that pulled in over 300 million from retail investors they basically went through this and said it is just a ponzi scheme that's it they never had any assets that didn't rely on getting other people in to add more assets. They tried to shut it down. Didn't work. They kept going. They they put up YouTube videos saying that they're great. Uh, regulators in the Philippines and Montana tried to shut it down with cease and desist actions. They just kept going because they can. And wait, are you, wait, 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 wait. So the Philippines and Montana got I together. Know. <laughs> Strange, Strange bedfellows. bedfellows. <laughs> yes. Sister cities. I, I don't know what's going on there. But, <laughs> I don't know uh, either. Yes. It's, uh, Forsage is a textbook period pyramid and Ponzi scheme. The complaint reads it did not sell or purport to sell any actual consumable product. Let's read that again. It did not sell or purport to sell any actual consumable product. That is okay. crypto and NFTs in mm -hmm. general. That is the, that is the description. If you look yes. it up, to bona fide retail customers during the relevant time period and had no apparent source of revenue other than the funds received from investors. All right. One down. Good good gig if you can get it. Okay. Yep. What's next? <laughs> next, Nomad has confirmed that its cryptocurrency bridge, which is a service that lets you swap tokens between blockchains, was the victim of an August 1st incident where a slew of hackers stole nearly $200 million in funds. They took advantage of a misconfiguration to let any reasonably knowledgeable user authorize their own withdrawals. The result was a chaotic hack where people could swap their crypto addresses into a known good transaction to steal the digital money. The firm is saying it's working around the clock to resolve the problem with help from law enforcement and blockchain intelligence firms. Talk about an oxymoron. Blockchain intelligence firm. I was, yeah. No, this is... Oh my God! I love it. I, lo I love that. I, I love the fact that "incident" is in quotes. Well, uh, they're like we had an August first incident. You mean two hundred million dollars? Oh my God! It's <laughs> incident. Yeah, it's yeah, just an incident. You'll love this next sentence and what they put in in quotes here. A security team suggested that well-intentioned white hackers would return crypto that they took in quotes preemptively. 
This is now the new way of saying stealing. I, I took it preemptively. I took a preemptive withdrawal. <laughs> oh my god. They cannot make this shit up. No wonder taking... there's no good movies in Hollywood anymore. The fucking news is just too absurd. A two hundred million dollar heist would be like, you know, that was Michael Bayworthy a couple years ago. Now it's just like, you know, back of the news cycle. I'm going to go to the bank and withdraw preemptively right now, Jason. I am, too. I'm going to preemptively withdraw my retirement fund and go sit on a beach preemptively. Um, Yeah. So I I, I don't know why people are using these bridges. I suspect it's for nefarious reasons to shuffle money around and try to to launder it a bit. But uh, I, I, you know... Don't use them because this isn't the first bridge. An attacker swiped roughly $625 million from the Ronin blockchain underpinning Axie Infinity in March. An exploit in the wormhole bridge led to another $325 million hack in February. At some point, we're going to be talking about real money being stolen from these environments, Jason. You know, but that's the whole thing. It's, these, it's not real money because it's all made up. <laughs> so. Yeah. You know, I could I could say that the GOG coin is worth one gazillion trillion dollars mm-hmm. and then you can take it. And I could say I have been ripped off for that and then write it off on my taxes, probably. So, shit, we should get on that. I'm not so hmm. sure you can get away with that sort of stuff anymore because the regulators are coming. And finally, I've been screaming from the hills for this for, for two, three, four years now. But they're coming, as shown to Robinhood, which is doing wonderfully in the news recently. Oh, New York yeah. regulators <laughs> have slapped Robinhood's crypto business with a $30 million fine. Uh, they found significant deficiencies in the company's compliance programs following a supervisory examination. So... Let's see what didn't happen here that they said that they were that they agreed to do in order to run this uh, crypto exchange. Well, they didn't have enough people working in their money laundering compliance program. My guess is there probably was zero, zero, maybe yeah, one. Uh, what else? Well, they failed to transition from a manual monitoring system, which is no longer sufficient now that it's much larger than when it started to an automated system that would trigger alerts and let people know something not good was going on. They found the policies within Robinhood's cybersecurity program aren't in full compliance with official cybersecurity and virtual currency regulations. Uh, They also mentioned that Robinhood improperly certified compliance with the department's transactions monitoring regulation and cybersecurity regulation. So basically, they lied that they were compliant, but weren't. Okay. And finally, the regulator said Robinhood failed to adhere to customer consumer protection requirements by not maintaining a separate phone number and displaying it on its website specifically for consumer complaints, aka what every business does now, which is have no customer service except for uh, complaining on Twitter. Exactly. Just you have to yell on Twitter. That's all yeah. it says. It just says tweet me. Now <laughs> they don't even give you the the at address. They just say tweet us. <laughs> yes, pretty much. And Robinhood's problems are continuing for the second time this year. They're cutting their headcount. On Tuesday, the company announced it would lay off 23% of its workforce while presumably staffing up their laundry compliance program, which didn't happen. Yeah, (laughs) we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, According to the CEO, Vlad Taney, the cuts will affect every part of Robinhood's business, but will primarily target the company's operations, marketing, and program management functions. The blamed a deteriorating macro environment for the decision, pointing to record inflation and the cryptocurrency crash as the primary drivers of the company's recent woes, conveniently ignoring all the lawsuits and regulations that they're breaking. Yeah. And they're just, yeah. yeah, yeah the fact that they're a bunch of assholes and overhired. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Robin Hood is not a good company. It never has been, probably nope. never will be. Nope. You know? So yeah, whatever. They're, they're on my list of, you know, it, it, it's just, it's a short list. It's Uber. Robin Hood's on the list. 
Uh, anything that Elon touches is on the list. So they're in good company, I guess. The, uh, yeah. I, the thing I find funny about all this disruption is, uh, you know, you look at it, you go, oh, too big to fail. Big banks. Oh, so bad. Wells Fargo, Bank of America, horrible companies. Let's disrupt and, and change the banking industry. And then we find out that the companies that have come in to disrupt and change the industries are actually even fucking worse than the original companies we had. Ditto taxi yeah, they cabs see, They see a market opportunity to grift. That's it. And I, I, I just love this one because it just it, it tickles my, my cold black heart to see things like this. This is over at decrypt.co, uh, which is a, a cryptocurrency website. But uh, the, the title of the article got me. It's Inside the Cryptobot Ghost Towns of Telegram. <laughs> so now that, you know, crypto is kind of taken a dive and some of these tokens are missing and just, you know, people have done rug pulls and all that crazy shit. Mm-hmm. All that's left on Telegram now for some of these tokens is chat rooms of bots trying to scam other bots and get people to invest in their tokens, just talking back to each other in, in gibberish, which right. is just awesome. Yeah, I amazing. mean, that it really it's just, it is a side plot in a William Gibson novel that has now come to pass, mm-hmm. along with the fact that rain will kill us. Well, it's just, it's the, awesome. thing I, the thing I worry about is it's one of these festering little uh, ghost towns of, of bots chatting with each other. That's where the true AI is going to emerge. Right? 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 Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm best. Yeah, that, that is where that is the, the pool of goo, yep. you know, the primordial pool of goo. Q has is is brought Picard to one of these chat rooms <laughs> and is pointing at it. <laughs> oh, you had to bust out the old fucking... Next gen <laughs> reference. Right. Good one. Good one. Meta has been quietly testing a new live streaming platform and is ramping up creator outre- outreach. Read a 17 page pitch deck here if you want to that they sent to influencers, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I did not read the pitch deck. I I scanned the article for about three seconds because what I saw was they called this project Super. Brian, it's Super. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a, that's as far as I could get. I was I was just like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" They they fucking named it Super. It's a horrible <laughs> that's it. name. That's all I can do. But I've got to say, it's a smart move because they want to get some of that Twitch energy going on. And let's face it, nobody wants to get into the metaverse. So what do you do? You do this. It's as it's as it's as good as the metaverse is going to get right now. So cool. Is anybody going to yeah. use it? Doubt it. Yeah, doubt it for sure. There's like, you know, probably three influencers out there that this is relevant to, but uh yeah, but you know, for them, it's super. Super. Are you hungry? I am. Which means it's a perfect time to talk about Factor. Why not make your spring a breeze with Factor's delicious ready-to-eat meals? Picture this. Every meal is fresh, never frozen, crafted by top chefs, and has the dietitian's thumbs up. Plus, they're ready to roll in just two minutes. You've got 35 mouth-watering options to choose from each week. Whether you're into calorie-smart keto, ramping up your protein, or keeping it green with vegan and veggie, Factors got you covered. And there's more. Each week brings over 60 extras, including breakfast, grab-and-go lunches, snacks, and drinks to keep your energy up and your taste buds happy all day. So, what's the holdup? Dive in today and give your spring the tasty kickstart it deserves. 
As someone who's lived off microwave meals for most of his life, I can confidently say that Factor's chef-crafted dishes blow anything else I've had out of the water. The chicken stays juicy, the veggies are crisp, and the flavors are absolutely delicious. I'm talking about meals like their artichoke and spinach chicken and the spicy poblano beef bowl out of this world. Are you craving a touch of gourmet? Well, check out the meals featuring luxury ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. It's fancy dining without the fuss. And speaking of no fuss, the meals are a total breeze. Forget about prepping, cooking, and cleaning. Just heat up your meal and enjoy the deliciousness. Plus, everything's tailored to fit your life. Customize your weekly meal plan to get exactly what you need whenever you need it. Need to pause or shift your deliveries? No problem. It's all designed to work around your schedule. Factor is your solution for fast, premium meals without the need for cooking. And Factor is celebrating Earth Day all month long. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. Head to factormeals.com slash grumpy50 and use code grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code grumpy50 at factormeals.com slash grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. Now, on this show, we talk a lot about how much of our personal info is out there. We're talking about home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. And if you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're not alone. That's why I want to tell you about Delete Me. It's a game changer for protecting your personal information. As someone who's been through the ringer with spam calls and phishing attempts, finding Delete Me felt like a breath of fresh air. Could your potential views expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence in this election year? The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. Angry individuals motivated by their political beliefs can now easily access personal details from data brokers for 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment and identity theft. Fortunately, you can safeguard your data with Delete Me. Delete Me scours the internet, finding and removing you and your family's personal data from hundreds of data broker websites. And they don't just do it once, they monitor your information to ensure that it stays private. I signed up and provided the specifics on what I wanted to go, and the team at Delete Me took it from there. They keep me in the loop with regular updates, showing exactly where my info was popping up and confirming when it was removed. Seeing how dedicated they are to protecting my privacy is a relief. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now available at a special discount for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash G-O-G and use promo code G-O-G at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash G-O-G and enter code G-O-G at checkout. One more time, that's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. Today's episode is sponsored by Private Internet Access, America's number one virtual private network, also known as a VPN. 
even if you use incognito mode, your internet service provider is storing your browsing data and many times even selling it. But Private Internet Access, or PIA, can help. PIA encrypts and reroutes your internet traffic through one of its own servers, hiding your data from your internet service provider or network admin. And with servers in over 75 countries, you can get unrestricted access to geoblock content around the world. PIA comes with an easy-to-use app and browser extensions for all devices, a rock-solid privacy policy, open-source security, advanced customization settings, and it was just ranked the fastest VPN in the world by PCMag. If you sign up with PIA right now, you can take advantage of a special deal only for GOG listeners. By using our link, gog.show slash VPN, you can get complete digital privacy for less than $2 a month and four extra months for free, which means only $1.98 a month and up to 83% off. That's so much more inexpensive than virtually every other VPN on the market. And if you get it right now, you can take PIA's 30-day risk-free challenge. You can try it out for 30 days and see if you like it. If not, just return it for a full refund. So go to GOG.show slash VPN and try out the best VPN on the planet completely risk-free. That's GOG.show slash VPN. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. On this show, we often discuss the vast amount of personal info floating around out there. We're talking home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. If you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're definitely not alone. That's why I need to tell you about Delete Me. It's been a game changer for me in protecting my personal information. As someone who's been bombarded with spam calls and phishing attempts, discovering Delete Me was like finding a magic shield. Here's a really frustrating fact. The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. With rising political tensions, your political views could expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence. Angry people fueled by their beliefs can access your data from data brokers that cover 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment, identity theft, or worse. But there's good news. Delete Me works tirelessly to safeguard your data. They scour the internet, finding and removing your personal information from some of the largest data brokers in the world. And they don't just do it once, they continuously monitor to ensure your info stays private. I signed up and provided details on what I wanted removed, and the team at Delete Me took it from there. They keep me updated with regular reports, showing me where my information was popping up and confirming when it was deleted. Seeing their commitment to protecting my privacy has truly been a relief. Now, here's something special for all of you. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and use promo code GOG at checkout. The only way to get that 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and enter code GOG at checkout. That's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. Media Candy. All right. Well, uh, top of Media Candy here. I've got a note uh, to talk about the new Downton Abbey movie, which is not new. It's been out for a while, but you can get it streaming. Um, And I have downloaded it and I'm ready to watch it, but I have not watched it yet. So. (laughs) Okay. Uh, that I was going to ask, ask my, you. 
Because you texted me about this, asking me if I had watched it yet. And I said, no, I I hadn't had the chance. And this is definitely one of those ones where I have to sync up my schedule with my wife because she's we watch it together. Uh, Is it available easily or do I still have to go to Sweden to get this easily? No, you can you can buy it. You can just buy it now. Yeah, I I asked my dad if he had seen it um, and he had he went to the theater opening day with his his wife Mm -hmm. and uh, saw it and said it was uh, it was a Downton Abbey movie. It was excellent. So just Can't watch wait. it maybe this yep. weekend uh, yeah i was gonna i was you know i had it set for last night but uh like i said it's been a shitty week but i did get to talk to a friend of the show mxv who you know recently had a heart attack so we talked about still being alive which was better <laughs> than watching a downton abbey movie i'll go with that yeah. um are you caught up on westworld i am and it continues to be a pretty good show i actually really enjoyed the conceit that they ran with on this last episode it was cool yeah, it was cool. I really, I, I, I don't know what they did over there, man. But uh, I, I hope this is the final season. Probably won't be, but I no. hope it is. I hope it is too. <laughs> uh, but you know, sometimes uh, injecting the fresh blood and replacing, you know, the creative team behind something can actually uh, work. Very rarely, but right now it's working. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I'll stick with it. Um, I also have a note in here uh, for everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, that was another movie that I was going to watch and talk about. Didn't happen. <laughs> well, all all I know about this movie is everyone everywhere tells me it's good, but I have not yeah. seen it yet either. <laughs> no, I've seen the first uh, 15 minutes twice. And uh, uh, so <laughs> just keep falling asleep. I'm old, man. I'm just old now. I just I, it, it looks like a, one of the one of the greatest movies ever made. And I can't stay awake more than 15 minutes at night. Well, I stayed awake uh, much later than I should have last night because uh, when I was uh, out there and I came out to to your studio and friend of the show and friend of both of us, Brian Blondell was there. He was mentioning that uh, some of his footage was used in uh, the new documentary on Netflix, Trainwreck, Woodstock 99, uh, because he had been there probably with Alanis, I'm assuming, and I was working with Alanis at the same time too, which is how Brian and I became friends. Anyways, long story short, he talked about it and uh, I realized, oh, okay, I should load that up and and watch it, even though I'd already watched the HBO documentary about the train wreck of Woodstock 99. But why not? You know, I'll throw it up. It's a three-parter, about an hour each or so. What I did not expect, uh, Brian Waddell also mentioned that, you know, he was in it briefly. I did not expect Mm -hmm. him to be the voiceover narration of the very opening scenes. What? So, so of course I was texting him immediately going, "Uh, you didn't you didn't drop that dime on me. I didn't expect to hear your voice as soon as I loaded the thing up." Uh so yeah, uh that is our friend. Uh that is at the very beginning of that uh footage. He's driving along and looking at the wreckage and talking about it. So, I he got through tell two me that either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Okay. And I briefly saw him at one point. I'm assuming he was not at the rave tent and that was probably some cut footage of him dancing backstage. Uh, that was used uh, to set the scene of going to a rave. But yeah, um, good okay. talk. Uh, total train wreck. Uh, yeah, it, it's uh, I got part three to watch tonight. So we'll see. Yeah, and, no, uh, I, I asked him. I asked him when I saw the trailer. I'm like, was it really that bad? He's like, oh, it was worse. <laughs> so, oh, man, it was bad. It was. It was yeah, bad. I, I remember watching uh, bits and pieces of it being broadcast from MTV at the time and going, thank God I didn't go. Mm. I mean, imagine if Fire Island had continued and then they just started burning the entire island and raping it. Oh, nice. (laughs) Okay. Basically basically what happened there. Yeah. All right. Watch it. It's really good. 
Uh, because I was traveling, I've got some slightly buzzed on a plane movie reviews. Uh, I was hoping Downton Abbey was going to be available on the plane, but no such <laughs> luck. And uh, they hadn't revised their movies since I flew out to L.A., so I was kind of I was down to the B-list choices on movies. Uh, but I was actually pleasantly surprised by both. Perhaps it was the whiskey. Uh, the first was a movie called Best Sellers. Uh, this has Michael Caine and uh, Audrey Plaza in it. And uh, he's a writer that has been coaxed out of retirement. And she's trying to publish the book. And she's taken over her father's publishing house and blah, 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 blah. It was actually very cute and well done. Uh, it would have failed immensely without Michael Caine. He makes the entire movie. But uh, it's it was good. I liked it. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Michael Caine mark, so I'll definitely oh, check that out. Yeah, you should check it out. And then the other movie I watched is a silly piece of fluff called The Lost City with Sandra Bullock. Uh, and uh, Brad Pitt has cameo that is actually very funny and Channing Tatum. And she is also happens to be an author. Uh, she writes like adventure romance books and then ends up in an adventure romance. And it's it's cute. It, it wasn't as stupid. Like, if you had the option between watching The Jungle Book or The Lost City, 100% pick The Lost City. Okay. Okay. It's actually quite funny. Yeah. Huh. All right. So, I, I, I like dumb movies like that. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think Bullock I'll actually watch that one. <laughs> uh, Brad Pitt's whole cameo just, it kind of almost makes the movie. It was very funny. Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I, caveat that was by the time i had finished my whiskey by the time i'd started that one but very good well i'm gonna go to go have uh i'm going back to the mexican place that we went to when you were in town and i'm gonna go have some cadillac margaritas because it's my goddamn birthday and i don't care and okay. this might be the perfect afternoon movie for me <laughs> i, 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 went, I, I would suggest it yeah it was it was fun it was an enjoyable romp as they used yeah. to say because yeah. the sandman comes out today and i was like oh i want to do that but then i'm like nah a little too that's heavy. not an enjoyable romp <laughs> it is not an enjoyable romp. I don't know if anybody is familiar with the character called the Corinthian who <laughs> eats people's eyes. No, not probably a very happy uh, watch today, but this, uh, yep. this this is right up there. Yeah, and uh, a listener, Joe, wrote in and basically sent us a, a, a nice comment that is basically an advertisement for one of our affiliate programs, so I figured I might as well read it, right? Yeah. Th there is a workaround if slash when Netflix tries to start charging users for accessing content when not in their own homes. Uh, private Internet Access offers users a dedicated IP address. You get a single IP address assigned to you that will only be used by you. So if you're always connecting to Netflix through this dedicated IP address, Netflix will never know your true location god.show slash vpn thank you joe thank you i hate writing copy yeah you say you saved me a, a couple minutes there preach ups and doodads Brian, previously I talked on the show about the opal c1 camera it's this uh higher end webcam it's like 300 mm -hmm. bucks uh there was a waiting list for it uh, I got it, and uh, I, I'd actually done my review before I gotten it, and now I have it in hand, and uh, I gave it a gave it a shot, plugged it into Mac Mini that did not have a camera, and holy shit, is that thing nice? <laughs> it is. It literally is the best webcam I've ever used. Is that's you know designed to be a webcam, right? It's got great software. It does actual gesture recognition too, so you can like do a pinch and zoom on screen. And uh, it will actually zoom. It's got bokeh effects, you know, like depth effects. It is beautiful. It is a beautiful little camera. Uh, there's still a, there's still a wait list, I believe. Um, but what what I will tell you is, I went in and used my code when I bought mine because I was on the waiting list. 
they let me go back in later and I just bought one for a friend of the show, uh, Chris Lockhead, because we're doing something together with video and uh, got him one. And they let you use that code multiple times. So ah, if you so do once get you're in, in, you're in. Yeah. Once you're in, you're in. Yeah. So you, if you if you do get in, uh, you should be able to use that. Um, I don't know if, they, my, if my code will maybe should. Maybe I'll just put it in the show notes. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> so I'll put my code in the show notes. Anybody that wants to give it a shot can. How's that? All right. Uh, but it, it is a fucking beautiful camera. Next up, I did not know that Apple Arcade could actually remove titles because mm. I thought that whole point of Apple Arcade is here is a library of great stuff that we paid a bunch of money for that you can just get on Apple Arcade. You don't have to do the in-app purchases and stuff like that. And then I see this article that says Apple Arcade removes first batch of originals, leaving soon tab now gone. I'm like, wait, 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 What? And yeah, they're just taking fucking games away, which really sucks because I really do enjoy Apple Arcade. I'd imagine that this is very similar to the streaming, uh, your Netflix rights and things like that. They didn't buy them outright. They licensed them for a period of time to be accessed for free through their, their program. And once that license ends, bye-bye. It's Apple. They've got all the money in the world. Just buy the goddamn things, please. <laughs> God. And where's flight control? Please. I'm asking you. I'm asking you again. Apple. Anybody at Apple Arcade, go buy the rights to flight control. I think that was what it was called. The one where you land the planes. It's the best game, the best iOS game ever. I love that game. Please fix it. Um, but what they did do is they, they got uh, Jetpack Joyride to do a sequel and paid for mm -hmm. that. So that's coming for Apple Arcade soon. I love side scrollers. I love tower defense games and... I love that damn flight control game. So I'm happy that Jetpack Joyride is going to have a finally get a revamp. So that'll be cool. I think. Hopefully. Hopefully right. they didn't screw it up, which is possible. Guess what's back? What is back? Winamp's back. <gasps> and if you no recognize way. that, and if you recognize that song, you probably illegally downloaded the MP3 of it and played it in Winamp because you're old. I did. I know I did. <laughs> well, it's back. Uh, I'm not entirely sure in this day of streaming and not actually having any MP3s on your phones or computers or anything like that anywhere will mean anything to anyone. But if you want to download it for nostalgia's sake, you certainly can. They've released their first update, 5.9 RC1 build 9999 in four years. So All right. It is the culmination of years of hard work, including two teams in a pandemic-dictated hiatus to build a system that no one is ever going to use anymore. Yay. I will. Okay. I will. For Just five for the minutes. shits and giggles. Yep. Yeah, for, for five, five minutes. minutes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's, a, it's back. Radioonomy bought Winamp in 2014 from AOL to aid its online music plans which I'm sure are working out swimmingly. And the team has lately promised a totally remastered experience with podcasts and radio features, as well as a closer connection to artists. So listen to Grumpy Old Geeks on Winamp coming soon. Oh, my Maybe. God. I, at least these guys actually put Winamp back out. You know, yep. you look at the douchebags that bought Radio Shack and turned it into a fucking crypto scam. You know, at yep. least they didn't do that. There is no yep. Winamp token. Well, maybe there is a Winamp token. That's the that's the, what it is. It only plays songs that you bought as NFTs. <laughs> and I found this website this week, Brian, I think is just awesome. It's called Web Compare. Okay. And it has one sing single purpose. It shows <laughs> the difference between uh, photos taken with the Hubble and photos taken with the Webb Space Telescope. Cool. And it is cool. It, it is, Brian, it is neat. 
it neat. is very neat. Uh, yeah, so the web kicks the shit out of the Hubble. There's there just ain't no getting around that. The other cool thing about this this website is if you go to the very bottom and you look on the bottom left corner, there's a little GitHub icon. So you click on that, and then you actually go to the project that has all the source code for the website itself, right. which is cool because it does this really neat little slider trick that uh, does the comparison. So uh, if you want to have that as a feature on one of the websites you're building, then go check out the source for that. So cool, pretty cool. All right. And I'm going to podcast listener outsource uh, uh, some stuff here. Uh, basically, I'm, I've am i been using Beachbody for an awful long time uh, on my Apple TV to do workout programs and yoga and all that sort of stuff. And they are doing a fairly hefty price uh, increase without really increasing any of their programming. And the, the stuff that they're starting to add is just not it's just not geared towards me. And it's I'm getting sick of being sold their shakes every five seconds while watching the program. So to hell with them. So I'm looking for suggestions on good alternatives for yoga and weight and cardio programs. I'm also still on the hunt for a good stationary bike options that are not Peloton. And I'm starting to wonder at this point, do I give in and try Apple fitness because they probably do all of that and it will work on my Apple TV. So, but if anybody has any suggestions, appreciate it. You have an Apple watch, so you can I use do. Apple fitness. That's the downside of Apple fitness is you can't use it. If you don't have a fucking Apple watch, it's like, that sucks. That's kind of dumb because it's an app on your Apple TV and you could still do the workouts without a watch. I know. And you're paying why, for it. Why are they if not you got take, the, yeah, taking the money? I don't know. It's really, I, I, it's annoying because uh, there's some stuff on there I want uh, my roommate to use. And she can't because I'm not going to give her my Apple watch so I can, you know, so she can work out. And I'm not right. going to go buy one. It would just be nice if you could watch, I don't know, a video of somebody doing yoga and play along at home without going to buy a you know five hundred dollar watch, since I'm already paying for it. But I guess they're trying to sell more watches. That's that's really dumb. It's really really dumb. Um, let me know uh, with the bike because I'm looking for one of those as well. Although Pelotons kind of, if you check Craigslist nowadays, <laughs> they are kind of going pretty cheap. So it's the monthly. It's the monthly fee that gets. Oh, it. that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Security? Ha! Welcome back to Security ha! with Dave Bittner. Dave is the host of the CyberWire podcast, co-host of the social engineering podcast, Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan. Dave is also the co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, where they discuss law and policy and surveillance and privacy. And now he is the co-host of the Control Loop podcast, where they discuss ICS and OT. Hi, Dave. How was your birthday? Yes. Hello. Happy My birthday. My birthday was was very nice. Thank you very much. And I appreciate all the well wishes from folks who reached out and wished me a happy birthday. It helped make it extra festive. Now, let me ask you this, Jason, as we're recording this today, is today your birthday? Yes, it is. Oh, well, happy birthday <laughs> to you. Happy birthday to you. Dave Manson. Happy birthday. Mr. Podcast Man, happy birthday to you. Woo! There you go. I've you never been I've never been, been serenaded on my birthday. <laughs> I don't I don't do that for just anybody. So there you go. All right. Congratulations. All right. Thank Young you. Man. I made it around the sun one more time. So did you. <laughs> That's right. Right. All systems nominal, orbit number fifty one in progress. Yeah. Or whatever it is for you. Yeah. <laughs> fifty one. Here we go again. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling a bit yeah. left out, but uh, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, are you, when's are, your are, birthday, Brian? Are you a summer baby? Or uh, I'm back in May, but uh, yeah, a, a couple okay. couple trips around the sun less than you guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's a, a wee baby. babe. <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite eligible for uh, what? Uh, shingles vaccines, uh, extra booster shots of COVID stuff. Colonoscopies. Right? <laughs> Colonosco- oh, yeah. How can we forget colonoscopies? Yes, you have so much to look forward to. I know. I can't wait. <laughs> and you'll forget all of it because yeah. memory goes fast. <laughs> you? That's true. Yeah. Yep. I rely on it. Yeah. I rely on it every day. Yeah, it's how I get through life. It's is my my quickly declining memory. <laughs> <laughs> it's a feature, not a bug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm often reminded from the uh, the uh, Indiana Jones three quote. He's like, I wrote it down so I wouldn't have to remember. <laughs> it is every day for me. I tell you what, drafts the the app drafts. Get it, put it on your phone or on your watch, your Apple watch, and you can talk to it and leave yourself notes all the time. It is the single best hedge against getting old and not forgetting (laughs) or not remembering anything. I use it every day because you just talk to it and it will remind you later. It's great. Well, I'm going to write that down. (laughs) You wouldn't have to if you had the app already. Get to it. I know, right? Seriously. Well, speaking of... uh... Hospital procedures and medical stuff. Meta is now, uh, well, The Verge is reporting that two proposed class action lawsuits are accusing Meta and hospitals of violating HIPAA, uh, the California Invasion of Privacy Act, and other laws by collecting patient data without consent. Meta's Pixel analytic tracking tool allegedly sent health statuses, appointment details, and other data to Facebook when it was present on patient portals. In one lawsuit from last month, patients said Pixel gathered data from UC San Francisco and Dignity Health portals that was used to deliver ads related to heart and knee issues. The second lawsuit from June is broader and claims at least 664 providers shared medical info with Facebook through Pixel. Meta is uh, saying that sites using Pixel need to obtain the rights to share data before sending it to Facebook, but the plaintiffs Ah. claim Meta refused to enforce its policies. So it's their Uh fault. They should have known what this was going to do. Yeah, you trusted us? What, are you crazy? <laughs> oh, silly rabbit. Yeah, yeah, lots of finger pointing. A lot of finger pointing and uh, not not good. Like when you log, now that you basically don't really have an option, you have to log into these patient portals to make appointments. I mean, I guess you don't have to. You can still call and all that sort of stuff, but they certainly want you to. And certainly my provider is uh, almost everything is done through a portal. One wonders why they were installing Pixel uh, on these portals in the first place, of course. Right. Uh, Why? Why is it there? But it is disturbing to think that you could log in. It could glean what you're seeing your doctor about and then serve you ads related to it. That's yeah. not cool. I have to admit, I'm I'm a little in the dark here. Do you guys have better insights as to what the incentive is for sticking Facebook's Pixel on your homepage? One hundred percent. I can I can talk to this one. Okay. Um, okay. It was it was probably a social, uh, basically probably like a social um, installation to. Because when you share pages from the main website, you want like there's different social things that you can get by putting the tracking pixel on. So when they share a URL from your main site, boom, you'd get a much prettier share box, you know, that type of thing. Uh, hmm. What they probably did was they put that pixel somewhere like in a in a common template, like a footer or a header 
where it's always going to be. And it just sits there. You know, you just you install it once. It's like, OK, we're going to use it everywhere. Not thinking that, oh, once they get past the membership membership section, this could be problematic because I am sure that the guy who probably programmed the thing and slapped it in there has no idea what HIPAA is. So he, yeah. just, he just slapped in a tracking pixel. I bet if you dig deep enough into some of these, there's probably a Google tracking pixel as well for, you know, uh, Google stats, their web stats. Um, these kind of things, just they're, they're use cases in one part of the website that people don't factor in for other parts of the website. And they just put it into common libraries that just get uh, rendered when you just go to a page. That's that's OK. I one I, I'm like ninety nine point nine 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 percent sure that's what happened with these these guys. Right. Makes yeah, sense. That's a really good explanation, Jason. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm curious too, like on the inbound side, wouldn't you think, and I, I'm, I'm chuckling as I say these words out loud, <laughs> wouldn't you think that Facebook would have something in place? So on the inbound side, when they started seeing things that were clearly related to medical stuff, they could flag it. But again, that, that would be, <laughs> that would be what a responsible company would do. Yes, thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Here we go. Yeah. So, Foresight see, and thought I, and protecting I, people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I knew I could count on you and you did not disappoint. Yeah. So I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so uh, uh, oh, oh, maybe oh, change I guess, will come. Yeah. Know. Good luck. Good luck. Um, but, they, you know, they can't track your pants. So it, there's always that. So it's all sorry, just what? above the crotch because there's there's no legs in meta. <laughs> there's no legs in meta. Yeah. There's, there's... Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, I, I did gotcha. have a bit of follow up that I wanted to to let you know about, Dave. Um, remember hmm. the the USB C cable uh, discussion that we had, and we couldn't figure out what was what, and then there was a yes. Kickstarter at the exact same time. The heaven, you know, mana from heaven, just happened to lay this cable uh, Kickstarter on my on my doorstep. Uh, it is shipping. It's done. It, it, oh. it will be here soon. I just I, I got the note to uh, put in my address or double check my address, and it will be shipping from Germany soon. So once it gets oh, that's here, good. I will let you, definitely let you know. But uh, I, I was just very excited that it's not vaporware. It's they they actually made it, and it is actually going to ship. Do we have time for a quick little side rant? Of, of course, course we do. He he asks rhetorically. Yes. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, as we mentioned before we started rolling here, I just got a new audio interface here for the studio. I got an Apollo X4, which is a very fancy, um, you know, the the audio guys on my team here are very excited that uh, evidently this is going to make me sound like James Earl Jones and I'll be amazing. So uh, happy to get that. However, can I just rant and say that anybody who is putting out a piece of hardware that is this expensive and this high end and requires a Thunderbolt cable. <laughs> Include the Thunderbolt cable. <laughs> My Apollo X4 came yesterday. I could not use it until today because the cable shipped separately and uh, was useless without the cable. Now, let me give a little tip of the hat to the tip of the hat to the folks over at Otherworld Computing whose um, who's, uh, Thunderbolt dock that I use. What does their dock come with? The cable. The it comes with the cable. Because yeah. you can't use it without the cable. And Otherworld Computing knows this. <laughs> Apollo, Universal Audio, get your stuff together. Start sending out a cable. Your users will appreciate it. And that's my rant for the day. Oh, okay. man. Oh, here, here's, here's a question for you. Did that thund- Am I wrong? No, no, you're not wrong. 
You're not no. wrong at all. <laughs> Over a certain price point, you uh, the box should contain absolutely everything required to use said product. And a hand right. job for that. I know. I know how much that thing costs. I I, I, I doubt. I don't. I doubt you would want a hand job from the engineers over there. I'm just. Saying. Amen. That's true. It's a, just cut a hole in the box. I'll close my eyes. Oh boy. Think of England. I was say maybe. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm giving away too much about myself. But that headphone jack looks pretty good. Um. Uh, two things. I, I've got an Apollo interface as well, and my Thunderbolt connection. Uh, is the old school Thunderbolt 2, like the square one almost? Right, right. So, and uh friend of the show, Jordan Harbinger, gave it to me. He sent it to me. And he was at least, you know, cognizant of the fact that you need a Thunderbolt cable to actually use it. So he actually sent me a Thunderbolt cable with it that did not come with it. So uh, thank you for that, Jordan. I don't use the interface right now, but uh, it was very nice of him to send the cable with the interface, but those things are ridiculously expensive and I cannot believe it did not come with a cable. Right. That's it. Right. Uh, but you're going to love it. You're going to love it. They are, they are fine interfaces. Yeah. <clears throat> Seems nice so far. So I'm looking forward to it. Yep. Yep. That hopefully, sounds- uh, hopefully my presonus that I gave you will find a home there somewhere still. Oh yes. It will still be put to good use. Thank Excellent. you very much. Excellent. All right. So we've had a, what I would consider to be a fairly, uh, fairly, security-related story coming out of the January 6th uh, investigations that have been going on. Uh, it's a problem that Alex Jones dearly wishes he had had this past week, but uh, <laughs> the the writing over at Vanity Fair on this is is stunningly good, and I had actually pulled a couple paragraphs. Uh, I'm not going to read them. I was going to initially, but, you know, then I'll just get hate mail because Trump people actually still listen to the show improbably. Uh, I will read the headline, uh, and then we will discuss the bit. For probably totally innocent reasons, the Defense Department also deleted the January 6th text messages of top Trump officials. So we have learned, uh, basically, that the U.S. Secret Service has purged a whole bunch of its January 6th text messages in the days after the attack, uh, because we, Mm -hmm. uh, even though they had been ordered to preserve them, uh, it takes serious effort to permanently delete any electronic communications, let alone ones that are government records. And uh, there's probably a lot of interesting information in these uh, text, which is probably why it was deleted. We have now also learned that the Department of Defense also wiped phones of departing high-ranking Department of Defense and Army officials at the conclusion of the Trump administration, uh, which they also weren't supposed to do, but did anyways. So there is, uh, I think, I've, I've seen some people, some knowledgeable people discussing this saying, there is literally absolutely no way this should have ever happened at all whatsoever, unless it's a conspiracy. At all. Mm-hmm. Thoughts, Dave? Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, you you want to think there's a perfectly reasonable explanation here. You want to give these organizations the benefit of the doubt. I, I always try to say never assign malice to that which can be explained through incompetence. Mm-hmm. But this is sure sure is adding up on the other side of the ledger here. And um, well, I, one, I one we organization. OK, maybe maybe somebody stupid pressed the wrong button. Two? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. All and around the growing. exact same day. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What, is, what a crazy random happenstance. Wow. Imagine that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, we're on board. Same page here. We are. Um, I would also point out that in addition to the good work that Vanity Fair is doing here, um, Kim, Kim Zetter has written a lot on this as well. She has a really good uh, uh, 
exploration of this whole thing. So if this is something you're interested in, go uh, look up Kim Zetter on Twitter and you can find her writing about this as well. It's Excellent. worth checking out. Cool. So I recently interviewed someone for our caveat program. Uh, it was a woman named Beth Goldberg. She is the research program manager at Jigsaw, which is um, – Didn't they make those funny cards Google. that you sent to people about 10 years ago? Yes, yes. Jigsaw is a unit at uh, Google who are tasked with uh, doing research on things like misinformation and all that kind of stuff. And um, they published uh, a really interesting piece about conspiracy theories. And I think it's worth checking out both for the content of it, but it's also a really nice interactive uh, piece here as you scroll through it. they did a lot of nice work here on the actual design and how it works and all that kind of stuff. Um, so my interview with her will be coming up on a caveat episode sometime soon. But some of the takeaways for me that I wanted to share was just, uh, you know, how do you deal with people who are going down the conspiracy rabbit hole, people you love, um, things like that. And uh, one of the things that Beth pointed out was – um, you don't confront them. You don't challenge them. The, she said the best thing – what their research showed was that one of the best things you can do is just listen to them so that they feel as though they're being heard and then just ask questions around the edges of what they're talking about. So just it, – it's a process. You have to slowly plant little tiny seeds of doubt so as to not trigger them putting their shields up. Um I thought it was really interesting advice. That's um, yeah, that's interesting. So, that 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 jives with uh, what's in Dave McCraney's new book about mm. how how you uh, change people's minds. And uh, mm-hmm. like one of the one of the original stories at the, at the beginning of the book is about um, changing how people vote. And it turns out that the really the way to change people's opinions about voting is just to have a conversation with them and talk to them just like that. Just talk talk you know ease into it. Don't spook them and just add, you know. Get to the points that you know are ridiculous eventually, but don't yeah. don't hit them over the head with it and let them they, – they have to come to that conclusion. You can't come to it for them and never tell anybody they're idiots. approach and cut them out of your life completely. <laughs> I yeah. find that works very you well know. for me. <laughs> See, that's my approach, Brian. That's, it shouldn't be yours. You're the, you're the, you know, the negotiator. So why do – I don't negotiate <laughs> with idiots. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> you know, uh, Jason, you, you remind me of um, – I have some friends who are politicians and part of being a politician when it's time to be elected or reelected is door knocking. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's – you know, they sound, it is exactly what it sounds like. They go door to door and they knock on people's doors and they introduce themselves and they, they tell you about themselves. But also they ask you if you have any questions or any concerns or anything like that. And I think that really speaks to what you're saying there, that as much as the notion of door knocking I find annoying because I don't want someone to come knock on my door and tell me all about you know whatever it is they're about, it does work. And it's one of the most effective things that they can do. So they find that it's time well spent. I would hate to do it. Yeah. I would, oh, man, I, that would just be the worst thing. Oh, it would be horrible. Horrible. <laughs> you, you two were yeah, not. I mean, it takes a special person. You two yeah, were not meant to be Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 And by the way, so, the, the, uh, check- the Dave McCraney book is called How to Change Minds. Uh, I covered it a couple of weeks ago, but uh, 
Uh, if anybody's wondering, because I just mentioned it, it's called How to Change Minds. Go grab it at your local book retailer. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have a link to this uh, article over on the Jigsaw website. And again, uh, if you're interested, uh, just stay tuned. My my interview with Beth Goldberg is going to be on an upcoming episode of Caveat, but I thought uh, our audience would benefit from this as well. Excellent. Awesome sauce. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go do some birthday stuff, I think. Okay. Oh, good for you. Enjoy. Well deserved. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm going to train a new intern and eventually go have a margarita. It'll be fun. All It'll right. be fun. Very nice. Excellent. Enjoy your new Apollo. I think you're going you're gonna to have a blast with that thing. I hope so. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, all right, guys. Again, talk to you next time. Happy birthday to both of you. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Closing shout outs. We got a cool email from Neil. He says, uh, you asked about hiding AirPods in show 563. We're actually uh, not AirPods, but uh, what is it? AirTags. Uh, AirTags. Yeah. Yeah. AirTags. Uh, and he says, have a look at some of the ideas that the 3D printing makers have come up with on Thingverse. And he sent us a, a link over to Thingverse with uh, AirTag. Um, he's like, I like the ones that uh, hide it in the stem. Keep up the grumpy work, guys. Uh, I don't like the stem ones unless it's under underneath the seat because it's so easy to steal a seat. You know, yeah. people steal seats all the time. That's why you take them with you. Um, that's the only downside on that one. But there's some really cool options in there. So if you've got a 3D uh, printer, check it out. It's pretty good. But yeah, yeah, there's some interesting things in there. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, Very Neil. Cool. Thank you. Uh, no new Patreon subscribers this week. Sadly, no, sadly. no, but over at PayPal, we've got Judge, Matthew, Jonathan, Nicola, Thomas, Shaleen, Melissa, David, and Nikolai. Oh, and over at the tip jar, we've got Mario and Q, uh, Matthew, Linda, and wait, wait, wait for it, wait for it. Oh, Linda again. Hey, thanks, Linda. Twice. Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> and we have some reviews this week. Uh, first up is Matt, who gave us five stars. Good use of an air tag. In your last podcast, you mentioned good uses of an air tag. Last week, I wrote in. Ragbray, which is a seven-day bicycle tour across the state of Iowa. It's essentially week-long cycling, camping, and lots of drinking festival with 25,000 of other crazy cyclists. One of the biggest challenges after riding 50 to 80 miles a day is finding your campsite where our support crew is located, whose trucks are camping gear and luggage between towns. This past Ragby, I just like saying it that, Ragbray, <laughs> I, I don't know. I stashed an air tag in my luggage, and once I was in town, I used maps to navigate to exactly where my bag was. I'd say it was pretty convenient. On a side note, Jason, you're an inspiration with your recovery from your stroke and how you've improved your health. Keep up the good work. Uh, thanks, Matt. Um, as I mentioned, I put air tags in both uh, my, our checked luggage when we traveled. We didn't have any issues. However, I have uh, uh, we have some friends here in Toronto that just recently left to fly to, I think, San Diego or something like that. Uh, when they landed, they did the same thing, put an air tag in, in two suitcases. When they landed, uh, they found... One of their suitcases was 0.1 miles away, and the other one was 3,252 miles away. So at Whoops. least they knew not to wait for it, because it was didn't make the flight. <laughs> Definitely not there, so that's good yeah. intel to have. Yes. Oh, man. Um, and Lambdoll gives us a five stars and says, These guys are great. Funny, informative, crazy, grumpy. Basically, tech and popular media, media broadcasted by Sam and Waldorf. And when Dave Bittner pops in for his bit, it's kind of like the news person trying to give an accurate report and the Muppets distract him. The only podcast I can listen to. Well, thank you, Lambdoll. Thank you. And one more five-star rating from Dear Love 210. Love the show. I'm excited to start season four of Westworld after your review. Chuck Palahniuk over Stephen King. Blasphemy. Would you rather see Happy Meals replace toys with NFTs or 9-volt batteries? 9-volt batteries. 
carrots. Oh, nah, come it's on. Fat kids these days. I know, but nine volt batteries you put on your tongue and it gives you a little zizz. You get some zhuzh. <laughs> <laughs> yep, a little zhuzh. And sadly, this week uh, we lost Nichelle Nichols. Um, yes. Yeah, there was there were so many articles at the same time because we lost Bill Simmons the same day, and everybody was saying how Bill was so great. And then Nichelle would get a little tiny side article. I'm like, dude, they should get equal billing across the board. They were both inspirational to to their own generations, and they did mm-hmm. great stuff. And they should have been given the same billing. Is all I'm saying. But uh, yeah, it's with a heavy heart that uh, she leaves us. But she had a good run. Yep, and uh, another sad news shortly thereafter. Vin Scully, voice of the Dodgers for 67 years, died at 94, which is what we call a very good run. Indeed. Indeed. But he was definitely the uh, sound of my childhood growing up in Los Angeles, in the Los Angeles area, and uh, one of the best broadcasters there ever was, by far. So, sad sad he was gone, but, uh, you know, 94. So Good run. Yeah. Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. If you enjoyed the show, visit GOG.show slash donate to help us keep the lights on and we'll love you forever. You can also help us out by sharing the show with your friends and enemies. It's easy and absolutely free. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 564. From there, you can find links to everything we talked about in this episode, as well as links to our swag and Discord channel if you want to buy some stuff or chat with us and other show fans. You can also head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a snarky review and preferably five stars. Stay grumpy. Stay grumpy.